Good morning, and thank you for joining the worship service at Palmetto Baptist Church in Powdersville, South Carolina. Well, I hope this morning as we have sung together and prayed together that you have found the Lord worthy. That hymn is a stunning reminder of what we're going to spend eternity doing. It comes right out of the book of Revelation chapter 5. And let me just read you a text this morning that I didn't even intend to read, but this is, if you could transport yourself this morning into the very throne room of heaven and you could sit there or stand there and, and surround, be surrounded by the multiplied millions of heavenly creatures and looking at all the redeemed that are already there and then listen in with the Apostle John to what is going on in that throne, there is a whole new song that is being sung. And you, you sang the prototype of that song this morning as we sang together. Listen to what they sang around the throne. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. The song we sang this morning is biblical. You sang scripture this morning, and when we sing scripture like that, it ought to just encourage our hearts, it ought to strengthen our faith, it ought to cause us to celebrate who God is and what God has done, because if you're a redeemed person this morning, this is your song. If you're a guest here this morning, we're so glad that you joined us today. Uh, We are going to have a little bit of a different kind of a feel uh, this morning than we normally do. At the beginning of every year, we take a Sunday and we call it Vision Sunday. Normally that Sunday occurs in January, but this year, because of a providential work that God began doing and began making very clear to us, our elders felt that it would be best to delay our Vision Sunday until we had more uh, depth and more texture to what God appeared to be doing. And that is what we have this morning, and that is why this morning we are going to have Vision Sunday 2024. Vision Sundays at Palmetto may be a little different than uh, Vision Sundays at other ministries that you have been a part of. Um, Our Vision Sundays have really three parts to them. There is a part where we look back to see what God has done for us in the last year, and the whole reason for that is to motivate out of our hearts thankful celebration. We are so grateful to God for what He has done. And then there's a part where we look forward and we are asking God to do things. We are praying about things. We are bringing our needs and our desires as a congregation before the Lord. And when we look ahead to 2024, the whole motive for that is that we would come with eager anticipation to the God who gave us what he gave us in uh, the, the past uh, or prior year. And then there's a part where we look inside. We look within ourselves uh, and we, we come to that part with prayerful personal participation. Uh, churches are made up of people. Churches are not buildings. Churches are not facilities. Churches are not uh, chairs. Churches are not programs. Churches are made up of redeemed people. And when God's redeemed people individually come before the Lord, and then we come collectively as a body to celebrate what God has done and to eagerly anticipate what God will do. There comes a moment where individually and then corporately we need to come together and say, God, 
I want to be part of this. I want to have a part in that. And so that's why we do Vision Sunday. There are four te- or three texts, rather, that I want you to think about, and I'm going to ask you to just write these down somewhere and reflect on them because these are the texts that I think will help shape our thinking and strengthen our believing and direct our praying and our serving in the coming year. <clears throat> Philippians 4.19 is a text that you know well. This, this tells us and reminds us that God knows our needs. He knows exactly what we need, and he has promised to supply them out of the surplus of his abundance. And that's not just true for a church, is it? I mean, God knows what you're going to need this year. God knows what you're going to need as a husband. He knows what you're going to need as a wife. He knows what you're going to need as a college student. He knows what you're going to need as a high school student. He knows what you need. And he has made a promise that if you come and ask him in faith, he will supply your need. And that's in Philippians 4.19. And my God, Paul said, will supply every need of yours. And he'll do it like this, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So that's the first text I want us to think about this morning. And then there is this marvelous text in which we are introduced to God in a new way. If you lived in the Old Testament, you hardly ever thought of God this way. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes and he starts talking about God and he presents God in a new relationship. And in this text, God is a good and gracious father and he gives good and gracious gifts to his children. And this is what uh, Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 7 when he said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Of which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, in other words, under the curse, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And of course, James adds a little more texture to this idea when he says we have to ask in accordance to his will. Sometimes we ask and we don't receive because we ask amiss. And then the final text this morning uh, reminds us of the third reality. God knows and God gives and he does so in abundance. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything we could ask or think. And that's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians when he said, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever. That's Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 through 21. So these three texts, Philippians 4, 19, Matthew 7, 7 through 11, and Ephesians 3, chapter 20 through, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 3, verse 20 through 21 are the texts this morning that I want us to focus in on. Um, When I look back and I I pulled out Vision 2023 and and we review this every time we have a quarterly uh, update with the congregation, but as I was getting ready for this morning, I pulled out Vision 23, and I just started looking at all of the things we asked God for, and virtually everything we asked God for, he did. He supplied for us. 
and beyond. There are things we didn't ask for. There are things that never even entered into our mind that he did for us in 2023. And I'm reminded of the words of the psalmist when he says, this is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's doing. It is a marvelous thing in our eyes. The word marvelous there is the word for stunning, amazing, jaw-dropping. And when I started thinking about what God did for us in 2023, looking back in thankful celebration, I was stunned. And I think you will be too. Let me just articulate briefly, and I'm not going to elaborate on many of these things that he did, but from a high level, he gave us good and gracious shepherds in 2023. He gave us Garrett and Becca Martin who became our full-time student ministries pastor. And you heard him give the children's message this morning. And by the way, that message may be directed to the children, but it's for all of us. I hope as you sit under his teaching, as I sit under his teaching every week in those moments, that we also come as children before the Lord with a heart that's eager to hear and to receive. And then Doug and Karen Abels came along and joined our pastoral team, and they are responsible for young couples and family ministries. And we are about to have our very first what? Couples Conference and Family Weekend at Palmetto. And I hope you signed up. If you didn't sign up, let me urge you to sign up. It's a very simple process. I signed up twice. I should know. So let me encourage you to do that. And then uh, the Lord sent us Peter and Abby Cushman to help us with outreach and discipleship. And uh, I, we are in the process here in the next month or two of organizing what that will look like uh, for Peter. And uh, so excited the Lord has brought them here. And then we are in the final stages of vetting and we'll be presenting an additional uh, non-vocational elder to the congregation, which we happen, uh, which we hope to do this spring. And so he has given us good and gracious shepherds. He helped us to redesign and rebrand and relaunch our children and student ministries. And all of you parents who have children in the nursery or those of you who have children in the children's ministry know and appreciate the work that our student ministries team did to do that. He helped us refresh our congregational worship I'm so thankful for all that have participated and helped with that over the years. And I'm thankful that this August, the Lord brought Joe and Leah Simpson here, and uh, they have just really uh, helped us refresh our congregational worship. He strengthened our men's and our women's ministry. We launched 1.0 of those ministries last year, and this year we're in 2.0, and we're so excited to see some of the refresh and strengthen areas of those ministries, and we're enjoying them as a congregation. He helped us refresh and relaunch uh, Community Groups 2.0. We gave an emphasis to them last year, and uh, or the year before, rather, and then in 2023, we did uh, a 2.0 uh, relaunch with Paul and Emily uh, Christensen. What a blessing they have been. This might be a surprise to you. We don't talk about this very often, but he added over 90 members to our body through PBC 101 and through our contact to commitment team. And I'm so grateful for the work that they do. And to all of you who have become part of this body in 2023, I'm so excited to see how he's going to continue to bless our body uh, through your ministry. He increased our desire and our commitment and our capacity through radical generosity. Uh, Bert Arrowwood uh, and I had the opportunity to, to team teach together 
last January in 2023 on biblical stewardship from the perspective of radical generosity. We can be generous because God is radically generous. And the Lord really helped us. We had a very strong finish to our fiscal year in 2023. And one of the things that I think we all should be so grateful to the Lord when we came before him and we said to the Lord as a congregation, we want to be like you. We want to become radically generous. But in order to do that, you're going to have to help us. You're going to have to supply. And he did. And uh, our general giving increased in 2023 by more than $80,000 from this congregation. That's an amazing thing that God enabled you to do. And so thank you. He helped us launch and establish a Slavic church in Anderson, South Carolina. This was an 18-month project that came out of uh, Project Above and Beyond, and all of you were a part of that. We did not talk a lot about the Slavic church launch just because uh, we wanted to make sure to stay focused on things that were essential for us as a congregation. But PBC launched a Slavic church in uh, in Anderson, South Carolina. It began with about 15 regular attenders. Uh, It it is now fully incorporated. It has uh, charter. It has bylaws. It is a historic Slavic confession of faith. Uh, It has deacons, it has spiritual leaders, it has a full-orbed Sunday school program and a full-orbed youth ministry. There are now 150 members and regular attenders that attend and they own their own building. And PBC launched that ministry. You had a part in that and it came right out of uh, Project Above and Beyond. The Lord has helped us launch a Hispanic ministry. Uh, Earlier in the year, we began holding interest meetings. Uh, There was a leadership team that came together, Pastor Jairo and uh, uh, Mark Valls and others uh, have come together to form a leadership team. There was a ministry uh, strategy. Uh, There was a translation team that came together. There's a table in the back. If you go back there, you'll see little headphones that are PBC branded uh, for our Hispanic ministry. And um, there uh, was a launch in August. And this year, you as a congregation affirmed our first Hispanic deacon on our leadership team, uh, Juan and Juliana uh, Sias. And so we are are so grateful for the Lord's work here. And by the way, uh, our messages are, are being translated into Arabic and into French as well. And we don't know what God is going to do with all of that. But I want you to know that in 2023, God did these kinds of things for us here at PBC. And then he led us and he enabled us to purchase an additional 18 uh, prime acres in Powdersville that are adjacent and connected to the existing 18 acres that we own that are right next to Walmart. And these, I just talked to Charlie Nacelli yesterday and he told me that the parcel uh, across the street from us uh, just sold and that parcel sold for $10,000 an acre more than what we paid for ours. So there seems to already be an increase in the value of the property that we own. And the only thing I can say to all of that is that God did this. And that's why I went to Psalm 118 and said, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. So that's what we're looking back and celebrating. What are we looking ahead to ask God to do for us? And I would say it this way, as we look ahead with prayerful anticipation, 
Uh, I, I want to maybe frame it up in two big ideas. I am asking God, and I hope that you will join me in this, and it's not just me, it's the elders and our leaders. We're asking God, and, and, and we can sum up what we're asking this way. We desire more from your gracious hand. We want more from God's gracious hand. We want more of his rich grace in our lives, <clears throat> in our church. We want to experience more of his kind mercy. We want more of his bountiful provision. We want that as individuals. We want that in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, for our children. And we certainly want that for our church. We desire more from his gracious hand. And and the reason we want more from his gracious hand is we are asking him to enable us to do more for his glorious name so that his kingdom will become our primary focus and our chief pursuit, not just in word, but in actual life, so that we grow in grace and knowledge of Christ and become more like him personally and as a church corporately, growing and thriving in an atmosphere of grace. And that's really our desire. Now, What is God up to? What is God doing? And I want to take the rest of our time this morning and I want to tell you a story. And I want to share the story with you because this story uh, is a story of God's faithful mercy and his grace as he appears to be answering prayers that this congregation has been praying for years. And he is answering those prayers to meet our most pressing needs. And that's what God is up to. And so, as I tell you the story, I'm going to tell you the story in parts. And uh, before I tell you the story, uh, I want you to know that the outside consultants that have helped us in this process have stressed a couple of things. And one of the big things they've stressed with us is, is that we need to communicate, communicate, communicate. We need to over-communicate, over-communicate, over-communicate. And so we are going to do that, and you're going to hear things repeated today. And you may say, did Pastor Sam just forget he said that? And no, the answer to that is that that is part of the intentional strategy that we have for communicating this marvelous story that God has uh, appeared to do. And and so this story... uh, corresponds to the pressing need of two congregations that up till January had no contact or no knowledge of the other. So the story I'm about to tell you corresponds to the pressing needs of both of those congregations. It comes after a step of faith that this congregation took to prioritize the spiritual needs of God's sheep and the desperate need of the lost community around us over our own pressing need for a building. And you remember, we talked about this a lot last year. Our elders talked about it. Our leadership team talked about it. We talked about it as a church. We knew we had a pressing need. We knew that the need was critical. We knew that the need was actually hindering us from doing the kind of ministry we needed to do, but we also knew that we had a shepherding need to care for the flock, and we knew that we had a need to do more for the lost community around us, and we had to make a decision about what we were going to prioritize. And this congregation prioritized the shepherding needs of the flock 
and the gospel needs of the lost community above our own need and desire for a building. And I think what you're about to hear, if I could sum it up this way, I'm, I, I don't know all that God is doing, but one of the things I think he's doing is he is honoring you as a congregation for prioritizing the things that matter to him and trusting him for the needs that matter to us. This story comes after we've explored and exhausted more options than I care to recount to you. It's a story of how God may be marrying the strengths of two congregations together so that when we come together, we can do more for the gospel together than either of us could do apart. And by the way, this is a common trend in the post-COVID, post-Christian culture of our day. Churches that come together to combine their strengths so that together they can do more for the gospel and more for the God's kingdom together than they can do on their own. You're going to hear me say that. You're going to hear the elders say that. You're going to hear different people say that along the way. So if I had a title for the story that God appears to be writing, it would be this, Better Together for His Glory and the Gospel. Now, before I tell you the story, just a word of caution. I want you to be able to hear the story and relax. So we are making no decisions today. Can I say that again? We are making, can you say it with me? We are making no decisions today. You are going to hear the story. Then there are going to be opportunities for you to ask questions about the story in smaller groups at appropriate settings. And then down the way in March, we will come together and explore together congregationally whether or not we believe that God is calling us to be a part of the story as a congregation, okay? So today you can relax and you can just listen and enjoy and rejoice in what God is doing. All right, so here's the first part of the story. For the past decade, the congregations of two churches, ours being one, have worshipped and served the Lord in their respective locations in the face of significant obstacles, increasing constraints, that if not addressed will hinder long-term, healthy, sustained ministry. At some point, we are going to have major back issues if we keep having to put up chairs every week. Can I get an amen? Somebody ought to give me an amen out of that, right? And that's not the big need, but I mean, you understand. And these two congregations are within three and a half miles of each other. This congregation is a four-minute drive from here just to put it in context for you. The leadership of both congregations have prayed fervently, thought creatively, and sought to identify workable and sustainable solutions, explored options for partnerships that for various reasons were either not practical, not desirable for theological or philosophical reasons, or did not materialize. Over the last three years, these needs have reached critical levels for both congregations where a God-given solution is necessary. Both congregations have been praying for years. As we got into this discussion with the leadership of the other congregation, they have been praying for more than 11 years for this. We have been praying, I don't know, that long. I've been here coming up on three, so we've been praying at least for three and probably longer that God would meet his, our need in his time and by his means. And so we're here today. The elders and the leadership team have affirmed everything about to I'm about to tell you because we believe that God has heard our prayers. 
taking notice of our needs and is acting on our behalf in ways we did not see coming four months ago. And so that's, that's better together. Now, it, this story has a, involves a providential opportunity. So that's the next part of the story. Um, in December, a team of Palmetto Baptist Church leaders were tasked with making a prayerful reach out to the leadership of Welcome Baptist Church. In early January, the first conversation occurred between the two ministries. Uh, that conversation involved Pastor Sam, Charlie Nacelli, and Pastor Dusty. The three of us met together. Pastor Dusty Rains is the pastor of Welcome Baptist Church. I went representing our elders, and uh, Charlie Nacelli went representing our leadership team, our deacon team. And let me tell you what we discovered. <clears throat> we discovered that Welcome Baptist Church has been a faithful congregation trying to minister effectively to a demographic, an ethnic group, and a social context that is radically different than the church's current membership or than the one the church ministered to for all of its years in existence. Uh, Welcome Baptist Church, I'm going to call it WBC just for, for time's sake. WBC has aged in its congregational demographic. The average age in that congregation is about 70. So it's aged in its congregational demographic, and it has declined in numeric strength. The average attendance on a Sunday there is somewhere between 75 and uh, maybe 100 people. So it's, it's aged in its demographic, it's declined in its numerical strength to the point that unless God provides a ministry partnership, there does not appear to be a reasonable, acceptable, or sustainable path forward that allows WBC to have a long-term missional and fiscal existence. PBC, on the other hand, has the opposite need. Our need is just as great, but it's in the opposite uh, quadrant. We are a congregation that is growing numerically and in ministry opportunity. We have pressing needs in three major areas, and this is what we are praying for as elders. We would benefit from the wisdom of an important demographic, and we have been praying that God would bring that demographic to our church, and he has slowly been doing so. When I came my first Sunday here, our average age in the congregation was about 31 or 32. That was the average age. We had a small group of people who were pretty much 55 uh, or above. And so I began praying, and Ken Bixby and Charlie DeSelli could attest to that from day one, that God would bring 30 families in that demographic to us and more. And God has been doing that slowly. I think the average age in our congregation has jumped up to 30, 32. No, I'm kidding. It's jumped up to maybe, I don't know, 38 or 39. We haven't done a hard study uh, recently, but I think that's what the number I keep hearing. So uh, the Lord has slowly done this. This is a demographic we desperately need because that's where wisdom resides. That's where life has happened. It is so helpful. When I was a, a young husband with a, a fledgling marriage, to look over and see down the row a, a couple who've been married 50 years and realize if they can make it by the grace of God, so can I. And so there are, this is a demographic that is important to us. We need additional shepherding and discipleship capacity on our team that does not further constrain our budget. 
we know we have more shepherding needs and we know that we don't have budget uh, capacity for that. And so this is why we are bringing on uh, an additional non-vocational pastor. We know that we have those needs. And then we know that we need a facility with the capacity to house our growing congregation. <clears throat> so let me introduce visually what this looks like. All right, I'm going to show you some slides that uh, will give you an idea of the facility and the location of this congregation. So uh, let me show you the first of those slides. This is Welcome Baptist Church. It is on uh, Anderson Road. I'll show you a, a Google, Google location of that here in a minute. Uh, it was established in 1875, so there's 150-year history. Uh, it has been in its current location since 1960. Before, it was a few miles down the road, and, uh, and so for really 150 years, this congregation has had a presence in this part of South Carolina. The congregation uh, size is about 75 to 100. Its senior pastor is Pastor Dusty Rains. You will hear from him at the end of our time this morning. Uh, the assistant pastor is a part-time worship pastor. His name is Chuck Trailer. He is uh, an adjunct faculty member at Anderson University, and he teaches there in their music department. This ministry is located three and a half miles from where we are, uh, roughly four minutes from our 36 acres uh, that are uh, on uh, McNeely uh, and River Roads. And so that's uh, what this is like. There are 13 acres of property that are tied to this facility. The sanctuary you're looking at will seat at least 500 people and more. There are 21,000 square feet of education space. To put that in perspective, this building is about the entire building is about 27,000 square feet. We don't have the first floor of that whole area. And so their, their classroom space uh, would be about the same square footage as what we're in here, uh, and, uh, th what we're using here. They have a nursery and a children's wing. There is a gymnasium. There is a large fellowship hall and a full kitchen that is associated with this facility. Let me show you where they're located. They are very near the corner of Anderson Highway. Some of you will know that as 81 and Whitehorse Road. So if you go to 153 and you go left and you get to the first stop sign or stoplight rather, that is Anderson Highway. That is Highway 81. If you turn left, you'll go to, uh, to PBC Main. If you turn right, there is uh, a Prisma uh, location there. There's a QT, there's Chick-fil-A, there's Walmart. If you turn right and you take that road to the next stoplight, the next stoplight is Whitehorse Road. Whitehorse Road uh, and Highway 81 is about a mile or a mile and a half from 85. So easy access from 85, just like we have easy access here. And so as you... Uh, go down 81, just before you get to the intersection of 81 and, uh, and Highway 25, which is Whitehorse Road, there is a 13-acre parcel of land right across the street from uh, Columbia, uh, I'm sorry, Carolina High School. Carolina High School is largely Hispanic. 
99% of the students that go there either get free lunch or reduced lunch. This is an economically stressed area. All the gentrification that has happened in Easley and Powdersville and West Greenville has dumped all of those people into the welcome community. The reason that you have Welcome Baptist Church is the community there is called Welcome. There's Welcome Elementary School, and so it is right across the street. In fact, if you look carefully, you can see a couple of baseball fields uh, on sort of the right side of, of Highway 81, and where that red dot is, that is the 13 acres with the facilities of, uh, of Welcome Baptist Church. Uh, let, let me give you a couple of inside views. Let me give you uh, two external views. So, Ryan, that, that's a, now these were taken on a rainy day. We actually looked for some that had sun in them, but we just weren't able to do so. So this is an outside shot of the church. Ryan, go to the next slide if you don't mind. That is a shot of the gym uh, and, and a piece of the educational uh, wing. Uh, as, uh, as you go to the next one, this is a picture of the lobby uh, of that sanctuary very large lobby, uh, and, and then uh, let me show you a picture of the sanctuary. Um, you can see the sanctuary, uh, and there is a balcony. You see those little computers at the bottom? That's from the balcony. Uh, take the next shot if you don't mind. Uh, there's a picture of the, of the sanctuary itself. So the balcony will see probably about 90 people and the sanctuary below, depending on whether we remain with pews or move to chairs, we believe we can get uh, another 450 to 500 people uh, down there. They told us that at one point in the heyday of that building, they had 700 people in that building. I don't think we are going to get 700 people in that building unless all of us go on a crash diet, right? <laughs> So I think this building and this facility, uh, no offense intended, I probably shouldn't have said that. See, my wife just gave me the look. So it's the same look I got about the couples conference. So I, I'm going to have repair to do when I get home. But there is, there is a beautiful sanctuary there. It, it does need some tender, loving care. It is going to need to be refurbished. Mo much of the building uh, will be. It is a very structurally sound building, as you'll hear in a minute. But we do have some, just some refurbishing to do if the Lord leads us there. Uh, there is a, uh, go to the next slide. Uh, that is a picture of the fellowship hall. That's the first half of the fellowship hall. There's a second half behind that. And uh, we think they've had 150 uh, people in that fellowship hall, uh, depending on how you configure the seating there. And right behind that, you can see those sort of windows to the, to the right side um, you're right, and that's the windows that lead into the kitchen. That's sort of like the, the butler pantry window that opens up, and you can kind of serve out of there. So there's a kitchen behind there. Uh, the next uh, picture, uh, Ryan, would be the hallway. This is one of the hallways where you have, I think we counted over 40 classrooms, and, uh, and they're on two stories. And so this is the hallway with one of those, uh, you can see some of the classrooms off to the side. Uh, and then let me show you a picture of the gymnasium. It's a full gymnasium. Um, and so I can already hear some of you guys making ministry plans uh, about that. So, uh, so this is what we're looking at. Um, what did we discover when we got there? What did we discover as we began talking? There were, there were four things that almost immediately 
jumped out at us. Number one, we were, both, both their team and ours, we were amazed and convinced that God had opened the door to this conversation, that it was God who had opened the door. Secondly, there was an incredible amount of theological affinity, uh, missional affinity, and ministry philosophy affinity. Um, we took their doctrinal statement and laid it on top of ours, and everything that is in their doctrinal statement is in ours. And so as we began talking about ministry philosophy and our theological uh, commitments to expository preaching, to the authority of Scripture, the five main theological commitments that every one of you that have been through uh, uh, PBC 101 have heard, they share, and they have uh, in, in different places in their documents. And so we felt there was an incredible amount of theological affinity, which is unusual in a unification like this. Three, that both congregations have significant strengths in the precise areas where there are gaps in the other. And then finally, that both leadership teams have been praying for God to provide a solution that would be workable and acceptable to their congregations. And those were really, really important. At the end of the first congregation, the leaders of PBC, Charlie and I, were tasked with putting together an assessment and a draft proposal of what a path forward might look like for both churches. And then we were going to come back together with a larger group of people to see whether or not that proposal uh, had any traction. And the idea behind the proposal from day one, from conversation one, was this. The only reason that these two churches should unify in the way we're proposing is that we can do more together for the gospel and for the kingdom of God than we can do apart. We're not just trying to solve our problems. They're not just trying to solve their problems. There is a missional vision that is driving this. The second conversation included three PBC elders and two of their pastors and the proposal was in very rough draft form. It was discussed, it was vetted, it was tweaked, it was adjusted in various ways by both leadership teams. And it was agreed that the next step would be to present the adjusted document to a larger group of PBC elders and the full pastoral team at WBC, which happened on site at WBC. And after that meeting, we adjusted and tweaked again and decided that we would bring that product to a meeting with the full pastoral teams of both congregations. When we had that meeting, we had it at, uh, during our normal elders meeting on a Wednesday, and several key ministry leaders were invited to that meeting, and the proposal was presented, discussed, and prayed over. The draft was revised and finalized for approval by the full pastoral leadership of both congregations. And at that time, we selected a metaphor. And I want you to hear the first. There are three metaphors that we're using to kind of help us talk about this. And we selected the first of the, of the three. And the first is, a, is that of a marriage. We want this to look and feel like a marriage for both congregations. And so when this is all said and done, as the Lord, if the Lord leads us and should the Lord unite us, it will have the feel congregationally and relationally of a marriage. Now, there are two other metaphors that have to do with uh, the, 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 
the structure and the way uh, organizations work. And then there is one metaphor that we are using to help us and them understand what is about to happen to both congregations. But if you're thinking about how this should look and feel and you want an image for it, think about a marriage that God is bringing together, okay? Now, during this period of time, now we've had four meetings so far, during this period of time, further due diligence was occurring on both sides. There were select ministry leaders with expertise in particular areas like technology, um, uh, building revitalization. Uh, We wanted to assess ministry philosophy. We wanted to do a deep dive into the theological affinity of the congregations. And so we brought in select individuals who had expertise that we needed and, uh, and then the pastors at WBC started to join our elders meetings. They have been coming to our elders meetings so that they can assess how we do a business and how we operate, how we do ministry, and what the chemistry would be like and us, them. The theological and governing documents, the bylaws and constitution of both constitutions have been carefully assessed to ensure theological, missional, and ministry alignment. Let me give you an important step that we took. We also sought outside counsel from those who have done church unification successfully. And they pointed us to written resources. They gave us an immense amount of help. And they gave us advice that uh, when we first heard it, did not see, it was like, whoa, that, I don't know how that's going to work. But as we got into it, sure enough, they were right. These individuals have done a lot of church unifications and they have watched ones work well and they have watched ones go down in flames and so they helped us identify 20 25 all-encompassing categories that have to be addressed if a unification is going to be successful and so we have been working off of those 25 categories we have answered a ton of questions related to each of those categories we're not going to go over those categories today that will come in what we're calling our listening session where you get to hear more from us and then we get to hear from you as well. But I want you uh, to know kind of what we have been doing, which all led then to a careful and intentional exploration. And we've been in this now for two months. It has involved at least four site visits, two of which were with an extended group of individuals from PBC, including an important ministry partner that we have been engaged with since last year. You've been hearing Charlie get up and say, we have ministry partners that are going to help us over on our 36-acre property. We have looked thoughtfully. We have considered carefully at what the process would involve to formally and organically unite both congregations as one. There's always a leading congregation and a joining congregation. We have had to work through that carefully, graciously, thoughtfully, articulately. Palmetto is the leading conversation. Welcome Baptist Church is the joining congregation. We have had members of the extended leadership teams with expertise in construction, facilities, technology, and remodeling do a building and site audit. We had a, uh, a very well established uh, uh, audiovisual uh, technician come to help us in this building and we took him over to that building so he could do a technology audit with our ABT. Uh, The combined 
pastoral teams have met together on several occasions to discuss and shape and pray about the proposal and God's continual leading. We formulated uh, a ream of strategic documents to help us move through this process carefully, intentionally, thoughtfully, giving attention to the legal ramifications and the financial aspects of this and the obligations that we have, not just to our congregations, but to the state and to uh, all the fiscal uh, organizations that are tied to our respective congregations so that when we come to unification, it will be orderly, considerate, and gracious should the Lord lead us to that place. And believing that God is at least leading us to the next step, we have developed a timeline and a communication strategy for both congregations to follow. And you are, we are at the stage where we have communicated extensively to the elders and pastors of both congregations and have received full buy-in. We have met with our leadership team and they have met with their leadership team. Their pastors came to our leadership team meeting. I went to theirs. And there was healthy discussion that took place in both of those meetings, but both of the leadership teams have uh, affirmed and supported the idea that God may be moving us toward unification as a congregation. All right? And so there is this prayerful consideration that has happened. And, and I say all of that so that you know this morning as we talk about this, this is probably the, one of the most significant moments in, in our congregational life. And I want you to know that we did not come to this lightly. We did not come to this unadvisedly. We did not come to this hastily. We came to this thoughtfully, intentionally, carefully, and in much prayer, just like you would come to a marriage. Are you starting to see why I'm using the word marriage to describe this unification process? Um, and so that is a, a very important uh, a term for us. Relationally, this is like a marriage. Congregationally, for us, it will be like a revitalization. We're going over and we are going to be part of God revitalizing a ministry that has found itself in a community that it no longer has the capacity to talk to or reach. Nobody in that congregation speaks Spanish. Nobody in that congregation has any experience with fragile economy. Most of the members of that congregation live in Powdersville or Easley. And so we have an opportunity congregationally to be a part of a, re a revitalization. For their congregation, it's going to feel like a rebirth. And so that's the second set of metaphors, revitalization and rebirth. And then organizationally and operationally, it's actually a restart for them because they are the joining church and they're coming in under our structures, under our uh, ministry and our bylaws and our statement of faith, and, uh, and they will be joining Palmetto Baptist Church. So that brings me to really the final thing I want to say, and uh, I want to put this before you to pray about, and that is there is a unified joint proposal that comes from the pastors at both congregations and in support and with the affirmation of the leaders, the deacons and the leaders of both congregations. And so what are the elders and pastors asking us to consider? Now, before I put the proposal up, um, let me just say to you that 
that all of us realize that there are many steps to go. We, we are in the process. We are not at the beginning stage. We are not at the marriage altar, but we are moving deliberately down that path. And it is impossible for the membership of a congregation to do all the due diligence. It's impossible for every single one of you to do all the due diligence that you want to do for this. And so at some point, you have to come to a place where you delegate that due diligence to the elders and to the leaders. And that's why I've taken the time this morning to walk through what we've been doing so that you have confidence as a congregation that we have thought carefully and deeply and we have checked the theological, missional, ministry philosophy alignment of both congregations. Believe me, we are thinking about you and about them in this process. We are constantly asking ourselves, and, and Pastor Ben and Pastor Charlie and Pastor Ken are sick of me saying this. So, so what questions are we not asking that somebody in the congregation is going to want to know? All right, so we are constantly thinking in this way. All right, we, we believe that coming together will combine the strengths of these two congregations in ways that will answer major needs that we have and that they have, will remove a significant obstacle that both of us are facing, and will fill important gaps that are currently empty in both congregations so that we can do more together for the gospel and the kingdom than we can do apart. So what are we proposing? Let me put it up for you. So Ryan, let me have you move. All right, let me read this to you and you follow along uh, in case your eyes are not eagle uh, of the eagle variety. The pastors and leadership teams of PBC and WBC support and propose that Welcome Baptist Church vote to join Palmetto Baptist Church with her members, leadership team, property, facilities, and all assets and liabilities becoming those of PBC. Palmetto Baptist Church will then vote to receive the members and leadership team and to receive all property, facilities, assets, and liabilities of WBC to PBC. Now, let me just say this. They have a very robust membership process, very similar to ours. They want to know about the redemption of every member. They want to make sure they were baptized by water by, by immersion in water after salvation. They have very similar values and, and core uh, mission statements like ours. And so they have a process. And so uh, our elders and leaders believe it wise that we respect that process. And this is a very unusual thing. We would not normally do it this way, but we are bringing their membership into our membership and we would bring their leaders to come as part of our pastoral team. And so they will vote on a Sunday, and depending on that vote, if there is uh, an affirmation from their congregation, then we will vote the following Sunday to receive them. And so that's what that proposal is. <clears throat> the name of the unified congregation shall be Palmetto Baptist Church. Understanding the desire and respecting the heritage, and they have a 150-year heritage, folks. I mean, think about how you would feel if you felt like your heritage was going away. We feel like this is the right uh, and, and necessary and appropriate thing to do. 
um, understanding the desire and respecting the heritage of WBC, <coughs> the 13-acre campus with its facilities will continue to reflect this rich heritage in the name Welcome Ministry Center and will continue to be used by the unified congregation for ministry purposes that meet the needs and match the complexion of the surrounding community for the foreseeable future. What we would like to see and what we're seeking the Lord's wisdom about is that if this happens, our congregations would move into those facilities once we've done enough renovation to make it possible for us to be there comfortably. It won't be perfect, but it will be uh, adequate for our needs. We are going to continue moving forward to build our worship facility on our Powdersville campus, and we believe that this move will actually accelerate that. It will actually help us. It actually gives us a very viable path to that goal. Once that building is complete, we will all move the worship uh, aspect of our congregation onto uh, uh, the location here in Powdersville, and this Welcome Ministry Center will, will be operated by PBC as, part of, as one of our campuses, and it will be the location for all kinds of ministries to that community. Can you imagine a Hispanic church of three or 400 people in that location? Can you see that? We started our Hispanic ministry here, and it's already up to about 40 people. This is not an unrealistic goal. Can you imagine a crisis pregnancy ministry? Can you imagine sports, uh, an evangelistic sports outreach? There's already one called Cultivate there. There are just so many ministries, uh, addiction recovery, soul care, all kinds of ministries that can take place out of that. So one of the big questions is, Pastor Sam, if we move there, what is going to happen to our 36 acres? And the answer is nothing. Everything's going to happen. God is going to, I believe, and I'm praying, and I want to be careful how I talk here. You should be too. Um, I, I believe that if we take this move, uh, we will have a very viable path to where we believe God has been leading us on those 36 acres. And so Palmetto Baptist Church will have a Powdersville campus and a ministry center, and it will have a welcome ministry center campus and that campus will be meeting the needs of the demographic that God has brought there. And so um, their 13-acre campus will be called the, the Welcome Ministry uh, Center. We will move all operations to the Welcome Ministry Center campus while we continue to develop and build a worship and ministry center on the Powdersville campus, after which time uh, we intend to develop and operate the, the Welcome Ministry Campus as a center for multiple ministries to the Hispanic community. So, will we have one congregation or two? What's the answer to that? We will have one. What will its name be? Palmetto Baptist Church. Uh, so, Welcome Baptist Church will be the joining church. They will join us. And as they join us, folks, can I just, and you know what I'm going to ask you, can we make that experience as loving as possible? We want them to feel like they have found a home and they have become a part of a family. Their pastors will join our pastoral team. They have one full-time pastor, Dusty, who you will hear in just a moment, and they have a part-time pastor, Chuck Trailer, who has incredible ministry skills in various, uh, in various areas. What will happen on our 36 acres? 
nothing and everything. All right, here's a big one. What will our relationship be to the Southern Baptist Convention? Because Welcome Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church. And we have been very clear all along, and they have been uh, very, very embracing of what I'm about to tell you. Palmetto Baptist Church is an independent, autonomous church. There are no theological reasons, and there are no associational reasons that would hinder us from becoming part of the Southern Baptist Convention, should our congregation deem it wise. At this point in our history, there are things happening at the national level and at the conventional level that are very alarming to conservative people like me and like the elders of our church. And so we do not intend to join the Southern Baptist Convention either at the national convention level or at the state convention level. WBC has had a lengthy relationship with the Greenville Baptist Association, which is a local association of churches. And I spoke with the director of that organization, and we are going to continue that partnership with that uh, organization as a non-Southern Baptist church. They, they have agreed and they have a mechanism where a non-Southern Baptist church can become a partner with the Greenville Baptist Association. And after we have explored that, and most of us have a very good relationship with some of those churches, uh, the ones we know, and with the leader, and so we believe that it is wise for us to continue that partnership. So will Palmetto Baptist Church be a Southern Baptist church? Answer, no. Will we have participation in the Greenville Baptist Association? Answer, Yes, should the Lord lead us in this way. Now, I am going to uh, ask Pastor Ben to come here in just a moment, and he is going to map out what this looks like, and then I'm going to ask him to just pray for us. But before he does, I, have, I think all of our elders would say, we have fallen in love with the elders, the pastors. They, we, we use three words to describe us. We're, we're pastors, elders, and overseers. They just use one. They're pastors. So we have fallen in love with their pastors. They are amazing men, humble men. And I asked uh, Pastor Dusty if he could come today, and he was not able to be here because of responsibilities he has at Welcome, but he made a little video. And I want you to meet him, and I can't wait for him to meet you guys and then after, he, uh, after the video clip, then Pastor Ben will come. This is a marvelous thing, isn't it? This is a wonderful thing that God is doing. Let's be in prayer. Good morning, Palmetto Baptist Church. My name is Dusty Rains, and I am the pastor at Welcome Baptist Church, just down the road from you by about five miles. Just to give you a little information about who I am, uh, I have been the pastor here at Welcome for almost 12 years, and in that time, uh, of worshiping and ministering in this area, we have seen a drastic switch in the demographics. When I first came here 12 years ago, the area was predominantly African-American. And now in those 12 years, we have seen a drastic uh, demographic change to where now at the high school across the street from us, Carolina High School, the, the population there is now well over 60% Hispanic and Latina. And in that time, Welcome has struggled how best to reach this area for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In the 12 years that I have been here, I have asked on multiple occasions at different times from different missionary organizations how best to bring a Hispanic pastor into this area so that we could have effectively reached that population that we here at Welcome simply cannot reach because we are a mostly white, middle to middle upper class church and no one here speaks Spanish. And how do we reach this population? I have struggled with this and prayed over this for 12 years. How do we do this? And now an opportunity has been given to us by God to join with you in order to help meet this need that this place desperately needs. It needs an influx of people to come who love the Lord Jesus and who can effectively reach this population that we cannot. And I thoroughly am convinced that God is in this move, that God is in this marriage between our congregations to bring us together, to do something together that we could never do apart because we're stronger together than we are separately. So I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited what God has in store for us. And I'm excited to meet all of you in the ne next coming days and weeks and months as we begin to do ministry together here in Welcome. God bless you, and I hope to see you in person very, very soon. So thankful for meeting Pastor Rusty. He is a good, good man, and I'm excited for you to meet him in the coming days. Let me give you just a few um, overarching timeline things for us to remember and have before us. First of all, we're going to have uh, what we're calling listening sessions. And you can go to the next slide. The listening sessions for Palmetto will be on two dates coming up. First of all, they'll be next Sunday morning, February 25th in the Equip Hour. And that listening session will be an opportunity for us to give a little bit more detail about what you heard today, but also for you to ask questions and for you to think about, I'm sure you'll have a few questions after thinking about it this week, and uh, you'll want those questions answered, and we'll do the best we can. Obviously, as you could imagine, there are a phenomenal amount of details that we're working through, and they are just massive in scale. But some of the very, very large, um, overarching themes, overarching ideas that we would love to give answer to. And then there's going to be, oh, in that listening session on the February 25th, Pastor Chuck Trailer will be able to come in the second half of that. We're going to introduce him to you, and he will uh, be a part of that. That'll be a really sweet time. And then the next listening session will be on February 28th. That's going to be on a Wednesday evening, and we're actually going to do that at Welcome Baptist Church. You're going to be able to see the building. You're going to be able to sit in the auditorium. And we'll um, be able to have another listening session. Now, they, they really will be um, pretty similar in questions that we'll answer probably, but some questions may be new. Um, so there's, there's not like you need to go to both. They, they uh, really will be um, uh, two listening sessions, two opportunities for you to go to. And uh, the second one just happens to be at Welcome Baptist Church, so you can see the facility. 
And so those are the two listening sessions that we have. Now, just so you also know, there is another track that Welcome Baptist Church is on that they are going through a process. So they have uh, two listening sessions. Actually, their first listening session is this afternoon during lunch. A few of us will go over there. And then they'll have another one next Sunday night that the pastors will go to. And so that process is taking place, and our process is taking place, because we want to make sure both congregations understand what's happening and understand the details. Now, can you advance the slide? There will be, in March, there'll be times for the votes. And you'll see on there that Welcome Baptist Church will vote on March 10th, March 10th, and Pastor Sam already described what they will be voting. They'll be voting to join Palmetto Baptist Church. And then Palmetto, um, if they uh, uh, um, uh, vote in favor of joining Palmetto, then we will vote on the 17th. We'll vote on March 17th. All right, and then you can advance the slide Obviously, after that, it's that, that uh, the voting takes place, and it's like, okay, now what? Well, we're still working on some of the further out details, but we want to at least tell you about what will happen on Palm Sunday in Easter. Palm Sunday will be on March 24th, and that will take place here at PBC. It'll be a united, a unified service. People from Welcome will come over here. And then they will enjoy the service with us, and then we will um, have a quip hour with us. They will get the, the, the feel and the vibe of everything that we do on a Sunday morning. They will understand more clearly. And then during that service, Pastor Chuck will actually lead the worship that Sunday, and Pastor Dusty will preach that Sunday, and so that will be a sweet Sunday for us together on Palm Sunday. And then on Easter, we're all going to go over to Welcome Baptist Church, and we will worship there. We'll give you times, we'll give you all that in the e-news so you know when to be and where to be and all this. This will be sent to your inbox and on the, the, the app for you to have but um, on Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday, we'll be over at Welcome Baptist Church. After that, we're still working out those details, exactly how it all happened. But this is uh, the, the next two months or month and a half for you to know what will be taking place. Well, we truly do believe that this is a reality where we are better together. That we can do more for the sake of the gospel and for the glory of of the name of Jesus Christ. And so that is the mission, the reason why we've entered into this. You've heard it from Pastor Sam. You've heard it from Pastor Dusty. And it is a glorious reality where we can do more for the sake of the gospel together. And so let's pray for that. Welcome Baptist Church is about to hear this at 11 o'clock when they begin their service. Pastor Sam is going over there to be a part of that service. And so we can pray for them. Let's pray for that congregation. As you can imagine, this um, it may be very startling to them as they think about these realities and what this all might mean for them. Imagine uh, 500 people showing up at, you, at the church. As, as a wonderful crowd we are, we're a large crowd. And so let's pray for them. Let's pray that the Lord will work in their hearts and that they will also embrace the mission. Let's pray for Pastor Dusty. 
Pastor Chuck, they have labored um, well there. And let's pray for their refreshment. And also let's pray for us that the Lord might give us a spirit of love and kindness as we embrace and walk through this process and that the Lord's favor will be upon this. We need the Lord to continue to give this favor. We have sensed this as elders as we've walked through this the last two months. We sense that the Lord is smiling upon this. This is something that the Lord says, yes, this is good. But we're also asking that the Lord would continue to give his blessing, his favor upon this. And so let's continue to pray for that. After I pray, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and they will lead us in one final song. Then I'll come up and give a few announcements and we'll be dismissed to our quip hour. But let's pray together. Our Father, you have heard these meetings that have been taking place over the last two months. And we have prayed in almost all of these meetings, Lord, please stop this process if this is not your will. Lord, please, may, may uh, if this is not something you desire, will you please halt it? And Lord, it seems as you have continued to, to allow this process to continue. You've, you've actually displayed your favor on this process, and we continue to ask for it now. We ask that you might continue to be with uh, us as we just heard this news, that you would... Um, allow us to think well through this process. So you would give us good questions to ask in the listening sessions, and you would smile upon the process from Palmetto's side of things. And Lord, we ask that you might be with Welcome Baptist Church as they are about to hear this news from their pastor, Pastor Dusty. I pray that their hearts would be uh, excited about this, excited about the opportunities that can take place for the sake of the gospel in the Welcome area, in the Powdersville area, in Greenville. And I pray that people might be saved as part of this unification and that you would have more worshipers around the throne of Jesus Christ because of this process. Lord, we do ask that you We'll encourage Pastor Dusty. You'll encourage Pastor Chuck. And we thank you for them. And thank you for their labor. I pray that we, as we continue this, we ask for your kind favor. That we might bring glory to your name through this marriage process. As we work through the details, may you receive all the honor, praise, and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with Palmetto Baptist Church. We trust that the message was a blessing and hope that you will come and join us next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at 100 Powers Boulevard, Piedmont, South Carolina.